On this podcast, I've been joined by former Capital Breakfast Show host Stephen Mill. Stephen is now doing the big Saturday football show with the Greatest Hits Network on West FM, TFM, Radio Borders. We've spoke about Stephen's love for radio, his love for the Fairman and much more. I hope everyone enjoys this podcast. So on this podcast, I'm joined by the big Saturday football shows and former Capital Breakfast man, Stephen Mill. Hi, Stephen, how you doing? You all right? How you doing? Thanks for having me. No, no problem. It's great to have you on. So, Stephen, I just wanted to ask you, how did you first get involved in the radio industry? So, I'm from Dunfermline uh, originally. I live in Glasgow now, but... Um, I sort of, my mum heard an advert on the local radio station, which is Kingdom FM in Fife, uh, and it's just an independent local radio station. Um, so she had an advert for some sort of like street team. Uh, so I was just starting uni. I went to Stirling Uni and did a degree in journalism and sport. And I was just starting there, so I thought, you know, like, it might be something good to get into. So I ended up um, ended up going along to Kingdom FM, just saying, listen, this is this is what I want to do, sort of thing. And they were like, oh, we, we need somebody to read the sports news. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So it, it, it was as easy as that, pretty much. Um, and I, I know how lucky I am because it's not like that now. Um, but, you know, I worked for probably two and a half years for free, Um which is probably not how it should be, but, um, you know, unfortunately the media is a wee bit like that. Um, but, you know, I was doing that whilst I was at uni, so I was going along every Thursday and I was putting together and editing packages that were going out at the weekend. So I was loving it because I was going going to interview the Dunfermline manager. Obviously, I support Dunfermline. So, you know, I think it was uh, Stephen Kenny and Jim McIntyre at that time. So I was going along and interviewing them. I actually uh, really got on with John McGlynn really well, who was the race overs manager the first time round. So I was doing that every Thursday and then putting together sort of pre-recorded packages, editing them, cutting up clips. So really that's... That's how I learned how to sort of produce um, on on air as well. So um, that was my first sort of foray into it. And then they were like, listen, we, we can't pay you for the sports news, but we can pay you for news shifts. So I ended up reading the news. And uh, then I applied for the job at Capital just as a broadcast journalist. Um, I graduated from uni in the June and I got the job at Capital in October. Brilliant. So you worked alongside... Uh, great host Des Clark, who's well known in Scotland. What was it like to work alongside Des Clark? Yeah, it was great. I mean, at, at the start, I, my first actual breakfast show shift was January 2012, which you know is mental. That's that's nine years ago now. Um, and it was Des and Jenny at that point. Jenny Cook, who's again brilliant, who I think uh, what is she? Well, she does work at the BBC now. Um. So, yeah, it was just a case of I came in, I started reading the news, and then it was just off the back of news stories or as we were chatting in the studio, they would get me on air to do more and more and more, and it just progressed from there. Ended up reading the travel news as well as doing the um, as the, doing the actual news. And then as it progressed, I just became a bigger, bigger part of the show until the point uh, came where I became a effectively just another presenter on the show, a third host. Um, And then when Jenny left and Amy came in uh, from STV, uh, Amy went on to the news and then I got sort of bumped over to to become the co-host. So, so yeah, there was loads of great times at Capital. It was brilliant. Um, We did loads of amazing stuff, interviewed some amazing people, uh, you know, met people that I'm, I'm still friends with today, and we enjoyed a lot of success as well. We we got nominated for an Aria Award for Best Breakfast Show, so it was we were up against Chris Evans on Radio Two and Christian O'Connell on Absolute Radio. So just to be in and amongst those sort of names is brilliant. And uh, yeah, we grew a massive audience as well, which broke all the records at Capital and. 
Galaxy and Beat 106 that was before that on that license. So, um, yeah, it was a really great time. And, yeah, it was a, it was a shame that it came to an end. But, um, you know, I think uh, I, th- I think seven and a half years doing a breakfast show is quite a long time. And uh, I'm glad not to get up in the middle of the night now, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> so who would be the like, a radio inspiration for you? Who would be the ones that you look up to and go up? I want to be them in the radio. Well, I, I, it's weird. It was it was something that I sort of, and you know, this is annoying for people who are trying to get in the industry. I did kind of fall into it. Like it wasn't a plan. I wasn't sort of like, you know, mega interested in radio when I was 12, 13, 14. It was really only when I was going to university that I thought, well, well, actually this is another branch of journalism that I can get into in sports journalism. Um, as opposed to writing, because I made a decision fairly uh, early on that um, I couldn't be bothered writing, so I just thought I'd speak for a living, um, which is far easier as far as I'm concerned. So, um, and I'm quite good at talking. So, um, yeah, it was you know, listen, I remember uh, listening to you know Mickey Gavin on uh, Fourth Fourth FM as it was at that time. Uh, and I'm, um, you know, Mickey's Mickey's brilliant. He works on the Greatest Hits Network now at Bower, um, and he also worked at Kingdom FM as well. So that was quite cool. But you know, I also I love uh, I loved Chris Moyles when he did the Radio One Breakfast Show. Yeah. I thought I thought he was just fantastic. Some of the stuff he, you know, he would do twenty five minute links, and you know, you're always told in radio, you know, keep your links short, especially Capital. It was always keep your links short, keep them to ninety seconds, but. You know, Chris Moyle could speak for 25 minutes, you know, and not himself, but in amongst like the whole people that he had on the show. Yeah. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And, you know, so, and he, even now, I think uh, Scott Mills is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's just a shame that he's got a similar name to me. Um, and I maybe should have thought about that before I started going into radio and maybe changed my name. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, you know, guys like that. Uh, I listened to growing up, and I still dip into Scott Mills now and again. And even though he's, um, you know, he'll be, I don't know, mid to late forties now, I guess. Um, he's still doing some amazing stuff, and you know, Chris Moyles is on Radio X. I don't really listen to that, but um, you know, at his peak, Chris Moyles was absolutely untouchable. He was just so so good. Yeah, Fairland fan. What was it that drew you to Dunfermline? Well, I guess just growing up in Dunfermline. So I lived in a moment, yeah. moment I still do. Uh, yeah. uh, we was just outside Dunfermline. And, you know, my dad just started taking me to the games. Um, my dad used to play football, like junior football, um, on a Saturday. So I guess once he sort of packed that in, he was looking for something to do on a Saturday afternoon. So we ended up going and watching Dunfermline. And, you know, my granddad used to play with Dunfermline in the late 50s. Uh, just before they got good and started winning the Scottish Cup and stuff, he left. Um, but you know, so the, there is a there's a strong connection to them filming there, and I guess it's just you know you're going to school with your mates, you end up going on buses to away matches, and yeah, it was just um, you know I, I really miss. Uh, going to East End Park and and watching them filming. Obviously, I've got my show on a Saturday now, so. You know, as long as I don't get sacked from that, it will be a long time before I'm back at Dunfermline on a Saturday, which is kind of sad. But, you know, I'm doing a brilliant radio show now and, you know, your career has to come first. Worked for Dunfermline over the years as well. So, you know, I still host the Player of the Year Awards and, you know, if there's a new signing, I'll maybe pop in and, and interview the new signing for their social media and stuff like that. So I think, I've, I, you know, I've been really lucky with the stuff that I've got to do with Dunfermline over the years and, you know... um it's, it's just a it's just a brilliant uh, a brilliant club to be a part of. Who would be the favourite players that you grew up watching? Well, my era of Dunfermline, like you know, when we were when I was a sort of you know when you're getting to that age where you can go on the bus with your mates to the to the away yeah. matches and that, so you're getting to sort of you know thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old, and um, that was that happened to coincide with Jimmy Calderwood being the manager, um, which was just a brilliant time. Um, you know, we finished fourth in the league. We got uh, a cup final, um, played some brilliant, brilliant football. And, you know, luckily over my over my time doing work with Unfermline, I've got to know guys like Scott Thompson really well, who was the captain back then, who was a brilliant player. 
um, but also Stevie Crawford, who's the manager now, yeah. which is bizarre. You know, like I, I can be doing something on the radio and Stevie will text me like a, a reaction to something that I've done on the radio and 13-year-old me would be absolutely losing the plot of this. <laughs> Stevie Crawford just messaged me for something I did on the radio. So, you know, guys like Stevie Crawford, Barry Nicholson was a fantastic player as well. Love Craig Brewster, having Crawford up front. And uh, Andrea Skerla as well, who was a centre-half, Lithuanian centre-half, um, who scored the goal in the cup final against Celtic. Wasn't enough to beat them, but um, he scored... You know, in the, I think it was like the 40th minute, uh, looping header over David Marshall, and that sort of that celebration and that 15, 20 minute period after that, into half time, um, I'll never forget that. That was just, you know, absolutely amazing. Yeah. And he's one of my favourite players for that. Yeah. So, how do you think this season they're going to get on? Because obviously, second at the moment, but how do you see the team shaping up? I think we'll be in the playoffs, which is where we should be, I think. Um, a club Dunfermline size and with the squad that we've got and with the fan base that we've got, um, you know, that doesn't guarantee anything, obviously, because, um, you know, Livingston have done amazingly well, as we've, as we've seen over the past 18 months or so. Hamilton as well have been in the Premiership for ages and Ross County to a certain degree. So, you know, that doesn't mean, that automatically means success. But, I think we'll be in the playoffs. If we can get second place, I would be, I'd be delighted with that because um, finishing ahead of Dundee, who have spent a hell of a lot of money on their squad, um, would be a real achievement, and it would give us a good platform going into the playoffs as well. Because I think finishing second is so important in the championship because it's that yeah. it's two fewer games that, that, than you would play. So we've, we've done really well this season. We've got quite a young squad as well. I think we've got. I think it's the second or third youngest squad in the championship. Um, and, you know, like that's that's the way the club are trying to do things, bring in younger players and sell them on like we did with Kevin Nisbet in the summer there and get a bit of money. That's that's what we're going to have to do. So, yeah, there have been some frustrations this season, but overall, um, you know, I think we've done pretty well. We managed to beat Hearts at East End. Yeah, I know. watched that game on BBC. It was yeah, on the BBC channel, yep. So, um you know, there, there have been some ups, there have been some downs, but of course there are going to be. So if we can finish, you know, second ideally, but I think we will be in the playoffs. I think that can be classed as a pretty decent season. Who would be the, the favourite players that, that you enjoy watching at the moment? Um, well, he's, he's been a wee bit off the boil recently, but, you know, Dom Thomas started yeah. the, the season really well. Uh, him and Ewan Murray struck up this weird partnership where... You know, I think Ewan Murray's got about seven or eight goals this season, but it was Dom Dom Thomas crossing the ball with Ewan Murray heading it in. Um, so, yeah, guys like that. Um, you know, I think uh, Ian Wilson's had a really good season. We signed him from Kilmarnock in the summer. He's looked really steady. Um, and even guys like Aaron Comrie, who, when we signed him from St. Johnston, uh, a lot of the St. Johnston fans were, you know, laughing up their sleeve. But it's just a case of a young guy who needed games, you know, he was 20, 21 years old and he got a bit of a roasting, I think, by Jordan Jones uh, from Kilmarnock when he played with St Johnston and Tommy Wright never really played him much after that. So I think that guys like guys like Aaron Comrie have really come into their own over the last year and, uh, you know, he's been fantastic and Josh Edwards, a young left back as well. But uh, yeah, you know, in terms of excitement, you're you're um you're looking at guys like Dom Thomas and Ryan Dow who's been brilliant as well to provide a wee bit of flair and a wee bit of uh, you know getting getting fans on the uh, on the edge of their seat if if we were allowed into the stadium of course yeah the favourite people that you've interviewed for being in the radio industry uh, um you know there's been so many weird. I interviewed Harold Bishop for Neighbours a couple of weeks ago. That was a strange one. Uh, we also had, uh, it came up on my Facebook memories, Gino DeCampo we had in on the oh, breakfast nice. one day, uh, who was absolutely off his rocker. Um, exactly what he's like on the telly. Like, you know, just absolutely mental all over the place. Um, but yeah, you've been, you know, we've inter- interviewed Andy Murray was really cool as well. Um, so that was that was a highlight, you know, Ed Sheeran quite a few times. He's a really nice guy. Um, so yeah, there have been so many over the years. But uh, 
but yeah, it's just been it's been amazing to be able to speak to these guys. I mean, sometimes you speak to celebrities and they're absolutely dull and have have nothing to say. And same with footballers as well. Sometimes they're just so dull it's unbelievable. But um, you know, just getting to speak to speak to loads of loads of these people who other people regard as as their heroes as a real privilege and it's it's really cool. So recently, you joined. The, the Greatest Hits Network. What has it been like to, to join the Greatest Hits Network? And people know, we know you from Clyde One, the Drive Time Show, and also the big, the big Saturday football show. Yeah, it's brilliant. So we're, we're all obviously all over the, the, the Power Hits Network and the, the Drive Time Show on Clyde One, Fourth One, North Sound, TFM, MFR. Uh, West FM as well and Radio Borders, so we're across seven stations. Um, so you know it's it's the biggest radio show in the country, um, which is you know pretty cool. Uh, and you know I'm I'm really enjoying it. As for the big Saturday football show, uh, again you know just something that's really cool. We go across five or six stations, and being on the radio and talking about football is, um, you know, it's not really a job. And the fact I'm getting paid for it is is ridiculous. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just brilliant, and I'm, I'm I'm enjoying every minute at the moment. So you get to work along alongside a radio legend and you and Cameron. Well, what is it like to work alongside you and Cameron? Well, first of all, I wouldn't uh, tell him that you called him a radio legend because that will just uh, make his head even bigger. Um, but yeah, you know, like you uh, is one of these guys who totally divides opinion. Yeah, I've got to say that. Yeah, it does. And you know what? Like, I was probably on the side that I thought he was a bit of an arsehole uh, before, and that was yeah. before I met him. Yeah. And I can honestly say that I've never been so wrong about anyone in my life um, because he, he's he's genuinely one of the nicest guys I've ever met, would do anything for you. And you're right, he's he's been around for so long. Honestly, I can't, I can't tell you how much a nice guy he is. And uh, hopefully he doesn't hear this um, and hear me saying that. But he, he's honestly just a really genuine guy. And, and before we we put this show together, you know, we, we had a few plans for it. And you know, it was it was going to be me and someone else. And we hadn't quite decided who it was. And the more I spoke to Ewan and the more we met each other in the office and stuff like that, you know, I would seek Ewan out. To, to go and have a laugh with him sort of thing which is if someone told me that 18 months previously I'd be like aye right so like oh, and you know I, I, I've told you in this himself as well so he's not hearing anything that's, uh, that's that he hasn't heard from me um, already but I, I think he's just a really nice guy and he, he, get, he knows how to get a reaction out of people like it's, it's a skill in itself and uh, doing the show, it's just in its infancy. We really, we've only started in October, but the feedback we're getting, and you know, just the listeners getting in touch, the stuff on social media has all been really positive. So, uh, hopefully, we can take it to the next level over the over the next few months and years. You guys, it's about you eating a beef sandwich with ban- <laughs> banana. I mean, come on. Listen, it's it's something that um, you should try. You should try it. Um, I'd highly recommend it because it's got the sweet, it's got the saltiness of the corned beef. Honestly, people looked at me as if I had seven heads and it got picked up by, you know, I think it was Glasgow Live or the Daily Record or something as well. So um, when we spoke about it on air, it's just one of these, it's just one of these co- flavour combinations that works. Trust me, honestly. <laughs> Who have you managed to have on that show, Stephen? Uh, oh well, the thing is, we've had we've had quite a lot of cool guests. We've had Colin Hendry on, former Scotland captain. Uh, so he's been on the Big Saturday Football Show. We have had, uh, you know, Gordon Smart, who's former Scottish Sun editor and is launching a big new program on the News UK network. Uh, he actually stood in for you uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's uh, he's he's depping for me uh, this weekend as well. So you know, like it's 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 bizarre. We've had Callum Beatty on, who's uh, had you know loads of airplay on on Clyde One and Fourth One this year as well. So you know, we we've managed to get through quite a good number of guests, 
uh, over the last wee while. But, you know, the show's about having a laugh and it's not taking ourselves too seriously, not talking a lot about tactics or, you know, stats or anything like that. It's just actually guys and girls having a laugh on the show and talking a wee bit about football at the same time. And we go out and have our game of the day and stuff like that. So we keep up to date with all the scores that are coming in. But it's it's all about having a laugh. You know, I think yeah. sometimes football shows can take themselves a wee bit too seriously. And that's to its downfall, I would say. So we're just trying to do something a little bit different. And the audience seem to be really liking it at the moment. Scotland qualified in, in November. And you guys got to do the live commentary. It was you, you and a cat. Yeah. How was it to be involved in Scotland qualifying? It was amazing. It was one of these things that I'll remember for years and years, being on the radio and, you know, doing the match when when we actually qualified for something. Um, you know, it was amazing. Get on with Cat really well. And you and Cat have obviously uh, been together on the radio for a long time. And, you know, it was just, again, it was just a good laugh, even though it was so tense, especially when we got to the extra time period. And I think there was a time in the second half where I spoke for about eight minutes and you and Kat were just like biting their fingernails, like hardly looking at the screen. And I was like, guys, come on, help me out a wee bit here. Like, I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm, I want to talk myself for so long. Like, you know, I, I can talk clearly, but... Um, sometimes you need a wee, a wee helping hand, but it wasn't. They, they didn't do it on purpose. It was just because they were so wrapped up in the game. And then you know, I've, you'll have seen the clip uh, of yeah, us yeah, yeah. Uh, and heard it as well. That's you know, the uh, Scottish FA have used it in their videos. It went all over Facebook and all over social media. So um, it got picked up bizarrely by some Argentinian, like. Uh, like football show and stuff like that as well. So I was getting the tweets in Spanish. Um, but it was just one of those moments where you'll never forget it. And, you know, it, it's just a, it was a really, really special night. Because, um, you know, I just think of, you know, you know, my granddad who isn't here any longer, who would have loved to have seen Scotland at a major tournament, um, but unfortunately passed away a few years ago. And then, you know, I've never got the chance to go and see a, a football match with my dad or, uh, sorry, a Scotland match at a major tournament with my dad or my mates. And it's always been sort of a glorious failure. So yeah, I'm just too. so happy that we've managed to put that behind us and we're actually we're actually going to the Euros. So what would be your Scotland memories? Uh, I was at uh, Hamden for uh, the Scotland-England game for Lee Yeah, Griffith. me too, yeah. yeah Two free kicks, which, you know... Amazing, uh, isn't it? Just incredible. And, you know, uh, <laughs> I've told this story a few times on a few podcasts that I've done. I remember, because, um, I mean, people forget, we were actually pretty rotten that day. We didn't play particularly well. Oh, and neither did England. It just was a pretty rubbish match. And then <laughs> it got to the stage where, you know, the first free kick got given and my mate Lewis, to my left-hand side, he turned to, he turned to us. There was four or five of us. And he was like, I've never wanted anyone to score so much in all my life. And, of course, Lee Griffith scores. We all go mental. And, you know, jumping and cheering and just like, oh, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, I've watched it back so many times on YouTube as well. Uh, And, you know, we're all jumping about saying, oh, my God, this is brilliant. We're going to get the draw. It didn't look like we're going to get it. And then, of course, Chris Martin gets brought down. We get another free kick. So... We were like, let's do exactly what we did before the previous goal. So my mate Lewis turns and goes, I've never wanted anyone to score so much in all my life. And of course, Lee Griffiths rattles it in. (laughs) And we absolutely lose our minds. And I remember, I just remember going, oh my God, oh my God, we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. (laughs) And then obviously Harry Kane ruined that via Stuart Armstrong, not clearing the ball, booting it anywhere. Um, which will just be burned into my memory forever and ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just sums up being a football fan, I think, more than anything, not just being a Scotland fan, but yeah. being a football fan, from going to the the highest of highs that have only been replicated when we actually qualified for the Euros there, 
um, to the crushing disappointment and low when Harry Kane equalised. I mean, I don't think I don't think I spoke to anyone for about an hour. No, after me that. either. Because no, I was I was just in an absolute state of disbelief. No. I couldn't believe it. Um, but I went out and got steaming, and that helped. So that always helped. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, ju- I just want to ask you: Do you travel? Go to watch Scotland? Do you travel away? Uh, I've been <laughs> bizarrely. Um, I've been to three Scotland away matches. I've been to Wembley twice. In 2013, when Kenny Miller scored that, yeah, that three-two game, the three-two game. So I, so I've been to three uh, matches. So the two games at Wembley, the Kenny Miller match, the three-two, and then the other corresponding fixture to the Lee Griffiths game, uh, which was uh, I think England won three 0 and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I was at that match, and the only other Scotland away match I've been to was Scotland versus Peru in Lima. Um, was that the? Um, that was the end of season. Yeah, much yeah, yeah. Uh, end and of no season. One, and no one wanted to go to that. No one. Wanted no one. To go. Not even players wanted to go. Yeah, but no players, I wanted yeah. to go. Um, so what we did was uh, again. This was uh, this was another lesson in not getting steaming and booking flights. Um, so we were out in Dunfermline. It was me and my two mates, and we just thought, wouldn't it be cool to go to Peru? For the Scotland match, so <laughs> we were sat and we managed to get flights for I don't know how much it was. I think it was like four hundred and fifty pounds, and we were flying via I don't know Amsterdam or something. And uh, oh no, I tell you, I tell a lie. We were flying via New York because we had a couple of days in New York on the way over. Because we thought, oh, you know, let's just make a sort of holiday of it. So we had two days in New York on the way over. Flew down to Lima for the match and. There was something like 286 Scotland fans there, um, <laughs> which was much more than I thought would be, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Um, but it was an absolutely amazing experience because it was Peru's final game before they flew to Russia for the World Cup. So this stadium in Lima was absolutely bouncing. There must have been 50 or 60,000 people in this stadium. They had all the trumpets. Uh, I got interviewed for Peruvian TV, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was honestly just a, a mental experience. And it was it was so cool. I, I, even though I, I don't even remember much about the match, apart from the fact that Jordan Archer was in goals and Lewis Stevenson played at left back. Yeah, Lewis Stevenson did. Uh, so... You know, like it was, it was a really cool experience. Peru was a just a mental place. Lima was wild, and we just had such a good laugh. And it was, a, it was just one of those things that we ended up doing. And it was, it sounds stupid on paper, but it was honestly one of the best experiences I've ever had. You know, like when when else would you go to Peru? So I yeah. thought, you know, <laughs> why not? Why not? So what are you thinking about the the twenty twenty European Championships? This summer, I think we've got a decent chance of getting through in the group. To be perfectly honest with you, because yeah, me too. yeah. you know, um, if we win one match, we could get through. And I think we've got a really good shout of beating Czech Republic at Hamden. To be perfectly honest with you, um, because you know they're they're no great shakes. We managed to beat them in the Nations League or whatever it was last year. And I know the game over there was an understrength check side, but we beat a full strength check side at Hamden uh, after that as well. And yeah, we did. You know, I don't, I don't think we've ever lost to Croatia. Um, I would suspect that might change in the summer, but you know, that's that's good going into it. And you know, I think we're more than capable of yeah, taking something to win them as well because I, I I don't think they're very good. Uh, I know they got to the semi final of the the World Cup in 2018, but you know, I, I just, they're just not that impressive. I, I think the, the, there's weaknesses all over their their team. Harry Maguire, I think, is an appalling centre half. Um, I think John Stones, even though he's playing really well for Man City, um, him and Maguire together is just not a good combination. Midfield, I'm just not that impressed. Not really a fan of Declan Rice. Kane's obviously a danger up front, so Sterling, but you know, I, I don't think England are, are that 
great, to be perfectly honest with you. So um, hopefully I'm not, um, you know, eating my words come the 18th of June uh-huh. uh, at Wembley. But um, yeah, so, you know, hopefully hopefully I'll manage to get down for the match. Hopefully we'll manage to get in and actually see it. But yeah. who knows? Fingers crossed. Are you a big fan of Steve Clark as Scotland manager? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was the right appointment. It was obviously a bit of a sticky start. Uh, we got pumped for Russia and all the rest there. And, you know, it's, he, he's managed to put his stamp on the team now and he looks like, we look like a Steve Clark team. Now, yeah, it would be great to play amazing, expansive football, but I, I would rather just qualify for tournaments, if I'm perfectly honest with you. And I think, uh, you know, people also forget that we absolutely dominated that match against Serbia as well. We played them off the pitch and we could have been out of sight. Um, Andy Robertson missed an absolute sitter just before Christie scored. So, you know, like we played very, very well and I'm going into games, even though it was disappointing the two games after we lost the Czech Republic and we lost Israel as well. But... I mean, who cares? I know it might affect the seedings and stuff further down the line, but really, who cares? And even then, we weren't that terrible. We, we were all right, and we just got a wee bit unlucky on the day. I'd, I'd much rather got our luck in the Serbia game rather than being unlucky in that match and beating Czech Republic and Israel, put it that way. So I just wanted to ask you, obviously you're involved with the Greatest Network, and on the Greatest Network you've got the Clyde Super School Board phone in. What is that like to to listen to and be, in, be involved in? Well, I've been lucky enough to host it um, on several occasions when Gordon was uh, Gordon was off last year. So um, oh, it would have been the year before now, actually. It would have been 2019. And I hosted a couple of uh, Super Scoreboards uh, this time last year as well um, when Gordon was off. So... Yeah, it was, you know, it's a massive, massive football show. I can't put any I can't put any words just how huge it is. The the phone lines, as soon as it gets to around quarter to six, are just jammed. Absolutely jammed with people wanting to call. And you know, you're talking you know, hundred thousand people plus listening to a radio show uh, that just goes over Glasgow in the West. Like it's it's honestly it's it's huge, and I really like Gordon. Gordon's a great guy. Yeah, he's, I, yeah. I think he's a, a great host for that sort of show as well. It helps that he's a Motherwell fan. Uh, I think if he was a Celtic or Rangers fan, it would be slightly different, but it helps he's a Motherwell fan. I think he, he switched on, he's smart, uh, he, he doesn't let callers on, um, he doesn't let callers away with just talking absolute nonsense, or he gives them enough rope uh, for them to do themselves in, but I think he's a a perfect host for it. And, you know, guys like Gordon DL and Mark Wilson, Hugh Keevans is obviously a legend as well. Lovely, lovely guys. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be on the same station as, you know, it's Clyde One Super Scoreboard is the most listened to football phone-in or football show on the radio in Europe. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And, um you know, it, it was it was a pleasure to be a very very small part of that and and managed to host. I think it was eight or nine shows in the end uh, when Gordon was off. But um, yeah, it was fantastic and it's just uh, you know it's it's coming to its own over the last few months when you've got you know you see the memes going round on social media. Alexa, play Clyde One Super Scoreboard. So like it's just ingrained in society in Glasgow in the West, and it's always going to be like that because it's just such a massive show. Yeah, so I just want to, to ask you football this season because obviously Celtic are going for that big t- 10 in a row, but it's not went too well. No, it's it's not going very well. Um, you know, like, it's one of these ones where Celtic will sh- be absolutely just, they've just shot themselves in the foot. Like, they have totally shot themselves in the foot. Celtic, from the financial advantages that they have, including over Rangers, they should have been dominating for for years and years to come. And, yeah, fair enough, listen, it's their second most successful period in their history, and that can't be overlooked. 
Um, but you know, Celtic should be they'll be kicking themselves with what they've done this season. And you know, Neil Lennon's gone now, but I mean, he should have a he should never have got the job in the first place, and b he probably should have been punted about five or six months ago. So, you know, from that point of view, but you can't take away from what Rangers have done this season. They've only dropped eight points or something, which is yeah. phenomenal. Only conceded nine goals so far. So, you know, you, you can't take away from what Rangers have done. They've had a phenomenal season. And, uh, you know, it, it's weird how life works because had COVID not happened and had the league not been ended prematurely last season, Celtic would have gone on and won the league. Would Steven Gerrard still have been there in the summer? Who knows? Because there would have been a lot of pressure on him um, in the summer had they not won anything last season, which, you know, they wouldn't have um, because they didn't win the League Cup and they didn't win the... or They were already out the Scottish Cup and, uh, you know, they wouldn't have won the league. So... Um, yeah, so it's it's always one of these interesting things, but you know, I, to be honest, like the the Celtic versus Rangers, Rangers versus Celtic, doesn't interest me as much as how Dunfermline are doing in the Championship. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you, and I think over the summer there was obviously all the problems with the talky reconstruction and stuff like that. So I was just a bit scunnered with it all, to be perfectly honest with you, because I think there's so many clubs in Scottish football just riddled with self-interest. And it's to the detriment yeah, is, yeah. of the game. I just want to say, I was you, I was your friend, you and Cameron, that said, said Neil Lennon will be, not be in his job by Christmas. A couple of years ago, he's not made a good prediction there. <laughs> no, he makes terrible predictions all the time, Ewan. That's one thing. He's always good for a terrible prediction. I mean, he says it all the time, honestly. He's 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 unbelievable. Stories about you and Cameron? Um. You know, just just going back to what I said earlier on, really, like he's he's just a really nice guy, and I know that's a disappointment to a lot of people, <laughs> um, because I know a lot of people uh, love to hate him, but he he genuinely is just a really nice guy, um, and he loves winding people up. And the good thing about this show that I'm doing with him is that I can wind him up as well, because I'm also quite good at that. Um, so I, I've spent a lot of time winding them up, and obviously when when Dunfermline beat Hearts earlier on in the season, that was great. I enjoyed rubbing his face in that. So, so yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I, I can't I can't go right into detail with some Ewan Cameron stories, but maybe that's uh, that's for a late night podcast. So, uh, as much as I really do like Ewan, it is also very funny just to laugh at him as well. I do enjoy that. Go back to the breakfast show and the Clyde one now. What would be your favourite memories of being involved in the, in, the, in the radio industry? You know, there are so many, like, particularly, like, you know, as I say, seven and a half years doing a breakfast show is quite a long time. Um, you know, like, and, and, and the same with the drive time show, like, it's is going really well. Uh, but the, the best thing I've done on the radio um, is that whole build-up to the Scotland match. We had a a full day's build-up on on Clyde and Forth, um, where we had guests on, we were playing loads of Scottish tracks, um, you know, we were playing Loch Lomond, we were playing Highland Cathedral and all stuff like that. So, you know, the whole build-up to the Scotland match, we were on air, I was on air from 4 o'clock, and then we came off air at 11 o'clock at night um, after the penalty shootout and stuff. Just that, that, that'll be something that'll, that'll live with me forever and you know I, I don't think that can be talked to be that whole the whole output of the whole radio station and I include uh, Super Scoreboard and that as well because they were on at the same time on the on Clyde uh, the whole output of the station that day was just phenomenal and so much work went into it as well so hopefully we can replicate that when it gets to the summer and in, uh, in the Euros a, a photo going a bit of you on social media because the next day you didn't turn up to work, did you? No, no, that's that's not true. That's not true. I did I did turn up to work. Um, it's just that I never left work. That was the problem. So, um, you know, um, I, I I took in a celebratory bottle of whiskey um, just in case. And uh, put it this way, the next morning there was no whiskey left. So um, it was a case of, uh, you know, 
waking up and going, "Oh my God, where am I? I'm still in work." So I managed to I managed <laughs> to get woken up by the receptionist at quarter to nine in the morning. But you know, like that's a that's a one in once in a generation thing that happened. So uh, my bosses were fine. A wee apology, and uh, I was back on air at four o'clock that day. I mean, I wasn't at my best. I was terrible, but um, you know, it's one of these things where I was just like, well this won't happen or this hasn't happened in a long time, so I'm going to make the most of it. What is your relationship like with Gary Spence? Brilliant. Yeah, Gary's uh, a great guy. Worked with him for uh, seven and a bit years at Capital. He would come on when when Des was off and he would do the breakfast show with me. Uh, so, you know, like we got to work together quite a lot and, you know, but we're, we're also really good mates outside of uh, outside of radio as well. So, you know, before all this happened, you know, me and Gary would go on nights out and we'd go to the pub or we'd go around to each other's houses for barbecues and stuff like that. Um, you know, Gary's a lovely, lovely guy and uh, the most talented radio presenter as well. Again, don't don't tell him I said that because, again, that will just inflate his ego even more. But he's a, he's a really, really talented radio presenter and it's, it's great to work with him every day. The special I especially like about that show because I quite like the Stephen versus Shazam. The, oh, Spence versus Shazam, yeah, yeah Spence versus Shazam, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically Gary and I have played a game off air, and it's a really sort of geeky radio industry game which is called Beat the Intro, and it's just basically having to name the song and the artist before the intro ends. Um, so we've just adapted it and put it on air and Gary's an absolute freak. He, he's, he's, he's so good at it. Um, and it's, we always get like allegations that he, he sees the songs and, and that beforehand, but I, I can swear, swear in my family that he doesn't see it. And um, he's just so good at it. But you know what? It's, it's just good being on a radio station um, where you can express yourself, you can relax a little bit, and you can just, again, like the big Saturday football show, I like to think that people listen to Gary and myself and like, I, I'd like to go for a pint with them one day. You know, that that's the sort of, that's the sort of um, atmosphere that we try and generate. And, you know, I think we do that. I think uh, as well as doing all the technical bits of radio really well, I think we... Um, you know, we just try and be as as normal as possible because, you know, I, I think that just uh, reflects really well. So, how much preparation will you and Gary put into, into a show? Quite a lot, believe it or not. Um, so, you know, the show starts at four. Gary and I are in the building from about half twelve, one o'clock, um, and because it's a syndicated national show, um, there's certain bits we need to pre-record and uh, so we get that all done um, and then we usually sit about three o'clock and watch some classic Coronation Street on ITV3 uh, for half an hour and then get back into it uh, just before the show so <clears throat> yeah there's there's quite a lot of uh, preparation goes into it um, but that's how that's how we make it sound good hopefully I mean sometimes there's no prep um, and we can get away with it but you know um, you know, we're, we're grafting away for a good three or four hours before the show even goes on air. So for people that want to get to, to get involved in radio, what type of things would you do before the show? Is it, is it um, editing? Is it pre-record? What, what type of things would you... Yeah, a bit of all of that, really. We would pre-record some things that, uh, you know, say we've got an interview that usually those are pre-recorded or, you know, stuff like that. Or there's a certain thing we want to do that might be a little tricky, a little tricky technically to do live. We'll do that pre-recorded, um, you know, and it will just be around, you know, I, I'll look around all the entertainment websites and any big stories that are happening, jot them down. Maybe we can think, oh, we can talk a wee bit about this and talk about that. That reminds me of a funny story. Uh, from back in the day or you know stuff like that so it's just about um it's just about uh, making sure that you're going on air we're having a semblance of what you're wanting to talk about 
um, because if, if, especially in these times, because usually there's always stuff happening, but you know it's been a lot quieter than usual recently. So um, you know you, we just want to make sure that we're we're fully prepped, uh, have all our ducks in a row, and then go on air at four o'clock. Yeah. So what are the things that you enjoy most about radio? Because because for me, I would say I listen, I, I listen to radio more than I watch t- TV, probably. I just like the, um, you know, the thought of, uh, you know, being in somebody's car is quite cool, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I like the thought of being able to entertain someone, I guess, you know, uh, or cheer somebody up. You know, it was on our final day at Capital, we got thousands of messages, thousands and thousands of text messages. And it was stuff like, you know, I've listened to you for six years. And in that time, you know, I've got married. I've had a kid. I've bought a house, you know. So people are so, like, radio is a very personal uh, medium, I suppose, because when you're talking yeah. on the radio, you're you're not talking to a vast, well, you are talking to a vast audience. But the, the key of it is to make it sound like you're talking to one person and talking to you. And I, I, I like that, and I like the immediacy and the and you know if 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 I can like for example just tonight on the show we couldn't remember the name of something so we're just like six one zero two five in the text put Gary at the start somebody will know what it is and then all of a sudden poof, we got hundreds of texts come in just saying oh it's this it's this so I like that sort of you can say something and people can immediately react um, which you don't get with television. Um, and you know, I just—it's just it, you know that final day of capital. I'll always, I'll always remember as well because all these messages that came in, you actually forget that you're you're part of somebody's daily life, even though you don't know these people, um, and they know lots about you. Like people will still come up to me in the street. Well, not now, but you know, back in the day when we used to be able to go to bars and pubs, people would come out and remind me of stuff that I've said on the radio or stuff that we've done or, you know, we things that, uh, we competitions that we've done or whatever. And it means a lot to, to, to every single person who listens. And, you know, it's just quite, it's quite a cool thing to be in lots of people's lives on a daily basis and just playing a small part of that. Capital and, and uh, uh, the greatest has network, who would be the, big, the biggest influences that have that have helped you? Uh, well, you know, like, it, it, you take a little bit of everything from everyone you work with. It's like when somebody becomes a, a football manager for the first time and, you know, just say it's, you know, Frank Lampard or something when he got the Chelsea job and it was like, oh, well, are you going to be like Mourinho or are you going to be like Gus Hiddink or are you going to be like, I don't know, Ranieri or, you know, so you take a little bit from everyone and you like to think that you you sort of take all the best bits. You probably don't. So yeah, you take you take a wee small bit from everyone, and you like to think that you take the good bits, but you probably take some bad bits as well. Um, but yeah, so like you know, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to do breakfast shows with George Bowie as well, which is really cool um, on a number of levels because he's George Bowie, um, and he's you know a total legend. Been doing that show for twenty five years or whatever it is, and uh, again, a really nice guy. Um, but at Capital, he was he was the competition. Like he were, he was he was the person we were always trying to beat. Uh, we never quite managed that, but we got close a few times. Uh, so to do radio shows with George was really cool. But to do stuff with Gary, like I, I genuinely think that Gary's at the top of his game, and he's uh, he's just a really really talented boy when it comes to radio and to and to see what he can do on the radio is is really cool. To ask you what what advice would you have for someone that wants to get involved in radio? Well, I would say that go in with an open mind as to what you want to do. So, for example, when I started, I only wanted to do the sports news. And I was so stubborn about that for the first couple of years. But then I realized, actually, I need to put petrol in my car to <laughs> to come here. So I need to start doing news. And if I had, if I had been stubborn, I, probably, I wouldn't be here speaking to you. Yeah. So because I was less, I managed to ease off a little bit and start doing news. 
It got me the job at Capital, which got me the job here. So, you know, like it all leads on. So go in with an open mind because there's actually lots of things that you can do in radio that are not necessarily on air. You can be a producer or you can be... Oh, uh, you're a producer. Yeah, so exactly. So you can be a producer or you can be a commercial producer or you can work in the commercial department or you can, you know, so there's lots and lots of stuff. You can come up with the big ideas for competitions and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> the other bit of advice I would say is go to your local community radio station or your local radio station and just offer to help out because, you know, that that's how I got into it. That's how Gary got into it. That's how George got into it back in the day, George Barry. So uh, that's how Ewan got into it. So there's, there's, that's the best way of getting in the door and offer to help out, be there, always say yes. You know, um, when I was uh, when I was starting out, you know, I'd, I'd have done anything just to get on the radio um, yeah. in terms of any shift, any time, even if it's during the night, don't care, I'd have done it. Yeah, just to, to do it. So... You know that that's not always the case now. Unfortunately, there's there's people who uh, who unfortunately I know who um, would turn stuff like that down, and I think that's a ridiculous way uh, if you're wanting to get into radio uh, to behave. But you know, you know, just say yes to everything and uh, try and do as much as possible. See for things like the, the Saturday football show and uh, the show at four o'clock. What would you say is the, is the most enjoyable part? Um, I think, uh, you know, with the big start of the football show, it's just being able to talk about football uh, for a living, um, which is fantastic. So um, I think uh, I, I think just being able to talk about football, something that I'm so passionate about on the radio and have a good laugh on a Saturday afternoon, which I think we all need just now, um, is is something that's amazing and I, I'll never tire of that. Yeah. What is the the thing you enjoy doing outside of uh, radio and uh, football? Um, eating. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what I've done for the last, last year, eat. Uh, no, I do enjoy cooking and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm a pretty handy cook. Uh, I like playing golf in the summer as well, but a golfer. Um, not as good as I used to be, unfortunately, because I can't play as much. But um, I used to, uh, uh, my handicap was down about 11 at one stage, um, which is all right. Um, so that was when I was at uni and I was, uh, when I probably should have been studying, I was playing golf instead. So, uh, so yeah, I like, to, I like to do that over the summer and, uh, uh, yeah, so like you know, just uh, and going to the pub. I just really want to go to the pub and have a pint more than anything. Uh, that's that's what I want more than anything. Just uh, definitely. Okay, Stephen, I just want to say thank you for coming on. It's been great to have you on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for having me. I just want to say thank you to Stephen for coming on the podcast. It was really good to get an insight into Stephen's radio career so far. You can follow the podcast on. Always good to last game on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.